Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. What is up, bro? Whoa, it's Corey B to you, Bradley. I, I, I thought I'd shake things up a little bit, but uh, okay, we, should, okay. we should keep the status quo. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah, you threw me off too much. I don't even know. I don't even know what words to say now. So, so well, how are you I, doing, bro? I'm doing wonderful, and I've got a few words to say. You can find okay. this podcast on Podbean, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a crazy week for Magic. Not gonna lie. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I was thinking about, oh, we're going to do some standard talk. And then there was a ban announcement. I'm like, oh, we're going to do a ban announcement. And then there was another big announcement. I don't know if you knew, but the MTG Arena State of the Game July announcement just came out. Oh, yeah, I saw. I saw. But honestly, by the time this podcast actually comes out, there's probably another big announcement that'll just invalidate what we're talking about now. Anyways, like uh, (laughs) maybe the Players Tour final being hosted on MTG Melee. What up? Dun dun dun! Woo! Yeah, Hell that was a yeah. that was a huge move, and honestly, it, it didn't make sense to do it any other way. So, uh, congrats to you on that one, bro, and just congrats to anyone who's playing. It's just going to be an easier, uh, you know, more cohesive experience. So that's going to yeah, be sweet. It's, it's going to be amazing. Now we should actually get started on this show. Uh, we are actually going to be talking about, obviously, the 2021 season announcement, the OP announcement about uh, the future of competitive play in Magic: The Gathering, and that's why we brought on a very special guest with the new announcements we had to reach out to uh an oldie but a goodie that is uh and an a organized play aficionado uh some would say and that is mr brian brown doing bbd what is up buddy what's up more like disorganized play am i right hey Whoa. How, many, uh, how many organized play members does it take to come up with a new announcement uh seven the answer is four. One to come up with the idea in the shower and three more to deal with the social media blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're understaffed for that blowout part. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now, before we get into this, I just want to uh, throw out a few uh, plugs for some champions from this past weekend. Now, the Star City Games Championship Qualifier number three happened on MTG Melee, and that was won by... Uh, Noam with Bant Ramp and oh, yeah. uh, on the same weekend we had Red Bull International Qualifier number th- two and uh, that was won by Yoshiko uh, Ikawa um, number four actually but yeah but, no it was it was number two the International oh. Qualifier number two oh gotcha Gotcha. Uh, and that and that was, uh, yeah, I put that down wrong. <laughs> okay. I read one part, you read the other part. So, yeah, never yeah, mind. And, uh, <laughs> and that turn was won by Teamer Reclamation. I didn't know if you knew this, but Teamer Reclamation and Bant Ramp are pretty good in standard. That is crazy. It seems like they uh, should be the best uh, two decks. And uh, I believe Javier Dominguez took second in that uh, uh, Red Bull Steak event, too. Knives. Uh, first Bang. gets qualified for the... Uh, the championship and, and so, second is nothing. Oh, uh, second has some good cash for a free tournament, which is great. And so, <laughs> Se- second is second's a ham sandwich, a coupon for a back rub, uh, yeah. <laughs> actual <laughs> steak knives sent to your house, a pizza party at your local shop, um, yeah. <laughs> a social distance pizza party. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, first place gets a social distance party. The second place is much worse. You yeah. you just gotta you gotta oh, be God. crammed in. No, oh, just kidding. So so uh, yeah, and then this. This next weekend is the uh, final championship qualifier for Star City Games, followed by Sunday, the seasonal championship. I qualified for both. 
Uh, and I know you did too. So we'll both be playing a lot of Star City Games tournaments this weekend. Yeah, uh, if you it's still a flashback. Would like, if you would like to try to run it all, you can uh, play in a championship qualifier in the next couple days on MTG Melee. Go there and you can find these Star City Games tournaments. Uh, a 4 will get you into Saturday's uh, championship qualifier. If you top eight that, you'll get enough points to play in the seasonal championship. And you can just run, run quick and get all the way to first place in both of them. Uh, if you can win a lot of matches and you know, it, it does sound like a good spike, but that's kind of a system that we might be talking about here soon. <laughs> and then also the international qualifier number three for Red Bull will be happening this Friday at midnight Pacific time. So anyone, any of our European followers, uh, if you want something fun to play and you'll be able to play that on Saturday. Now that's it. That, that those are our early announcements. Now we can actually get into the meat of this episode. We are not going to be straying off course too much. This is going to be a very, try to keep this concise episode because there's a lot of topics to talk about now the last time there was an op announcement we got lost in the weeds during the episode because one of the things that uh, we mistakenly did uh with due to inexperience is brought up the actual announcement itself and we talked about what was actually happening and changing and moving and grooving and that left us very little time to talk about our opinions of them so right now i want you to know that yesterday or two days ago at at this point, there was two major announcements from Wizards of the Coast, one for the 2021 Magic Esports season and one for the 2021 Magic Pro League season overview. So if you have not read those articles, they are in the show notes below uh, wherever you're you're listening to this at. Uh, and we should probably link them on our Twitter, too. Um, but if you can't find them, you can just, you know, search for them, find them. But please read them before this episode or you will get lost. And if you and, even if you don't read them, we're going to hopefully hit on uh, some of the more important aspects of them via like the issues that we have with with those changes. And rather than tell you the changes like, you know, and on the 4th of July, there will be one <laughs> tournament where 73 Magic players descend upon Tucson Air. You know, like, we're not going to do that, so hopefully. Yeah. They haven't announced that far in advance, though. We, we haven't made it to July of 2021 yet, though, Brian, so. Oh, but we've made it to July of 2020, Corey. I know that much. <laughs> oh, I thought it was still March. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and like I just previously said, we're not going to have the 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 bullshit usually. We're going to keep this concise. Mm. And, and, and just so everyone knows that and we stand by that. Oh, you were serious by that? Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so pretty much we have compiled a list of issues, comments, concerns about this announcement. Um, yesterday was a, the world is burning, but we have, we have calmed down. We've, we've, you know, we've come down from the, the, the soapbox and we will get back up on it. I mean, the world's still burning, but we're now in the, this is fine, uh, portion of it. We're sitting in the burning building, but we've, we've grown accustomed. So denial (laughs) is over, you know? Um, and so, uh, the first thing I want to bring up, uh, the first topic, the first complaint or the first comment is that. The end of pro point slash fractional invites for the first time has happened with this announcement. Now, for for a little background, for many years, uh, players on the pro circuits would get pro points and those would go towards uh, rankings. If you got enough, you would get gold, which meant that you'd qualify for everything. If you got enough, you'd get platinum even more. That would be enough to get you 
into um, so some cash, maybe flights for a while, hotels. Uh, and then if you got even more points, that would qualify you for Worlds. Now, Fractional Invites started last year. And what that was is if you went to a Grand Prix and you went X3 you and didn't top eight, you would get like half a qualification or a quarter. I don't remember exactly what the metrics were. But if you, you would be able to string those along and to create a, a Mythic Championship qualification, yeah, pretty um, close to pro points as well. Just a little bit different phrasing for them, essentially. Yeah, they, yeah, they were pro points with extra steps. Some say, yeah, pretty much they were. But there were ways that players in that are outside the system, and now they're called challengers. They're a way for challengers to be able to try to get their way into the system without actually winning a qualification of some sort. Um, these two things were, you know, effectively building blocks for what I consider dopamine hits. Like, yeah, you would, ha- you like when I would go to a Grand Prix and I would, you know, lose my winning and I wouldn't be happy, but I would have X3 and gotten three pro points, which is a good finish. If you finished a lot of those, you could string that into helping get you to gold or platinum. And, and those are gone. So, so the, the road of the challenger now consists of, three set championships, which are effectively online mythic championships, where the top four challengers in each of the events will, uh, you know, not only go to a gauntlet, but be guaranteed a rival spot. Um, But that's it. There's no there's nothing else. And so um, I know, Brian, you have you have something to say about this. So this is this is your time to shine. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, it's just we've always had a system where you could uh, achieve success in magic by doing well over a period of time. And this is kind of the end of that era where now we're in a system where it requires spiking individual tournaments to, to move your way up. And that's that's a very different thing entirely. And for a game as high variance as magic, it's in, in a lot of ways it's worse because you know, some of the some of the best players in the world got there from being consistent year after year. And if consistency isn't rewarded and what is rewarded is, you know, not, not getting ninth on tiebreakers, but rather getting sixth on tiebreakers uh, in one specific event, it's not necessarily going to be a system that propels the best players to the top. Um, but I wanted to actually bring up a point of like how we got to where we are now. Uh, one one thing that I saw on Twitter was a lot of people, whenever OP changes come out, basically making the point of, you know, oh, it's Wizards throwing darts at a dartboard again. Um, that's the point that I, I see often stated. Um, the, the implication there being that they are just making changes at random and don't really have any clue what they're doing. Uh, and I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that any of the changes that they've been making towards pro magic are at random. I think that a lot of them are actually reactionary and I just want to provide, um, and this is just my take on the history of kind of how we got here uh, so that people kind of understand why this is happening. Uh, It doesn't change anything about what's going on or anything, but maybe just be enlightening in some regards. Uh, but we had the old pro tours. We had the old pro point system before, and that was a system where, uh, like we were saying, you go to tournaments and you accumulate points over the course of a season. And even if you don't spike a tournament, you can maybe get two points from there. And those, you know, two point finishes eventually will add up into something. And 
that system involved there being a lot of pros. Um, anyone who was achieving pro points could in some regards be considered a pro. And that was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players uh, who had accumulated some amount of pro points. And the result of that was that there wasn't, there isn't that much money in magic just as a general rule. Um, and at least in terms of competitive pro magic, there's just not that money, much money to go around. And one of the common complaints there was pay the pros. Like you have to pay the pros enough money to make it a living wage if you want there to be professionals in your game. And there were multiple instances where pay the pros became kind of a rallying cry where Wizards was cutting money from Pro Magic or moving it to other places. And people just at least a a very common complaint amongst people at the top of the game were we're not getting paid enough money to make a living out of this. And if you actually want this to be a professional thing, we have to be able to make enough money to subsist off of it. And I think that that kind of helped Watsi push towards the MPL because the MPL was uh, actually a place where they were choosing to pay the pros. Um, Players in the original MPL were making good money, like uh, certainly enough to live comfortably off of and even amount amounts beyond that and i think that was a reaction to people demanding that profession that the pros get paid um and i think people had a lot of unrealistic expectations of what that meant because if you're going to pay every pro uh a living wage or better than that you can't do that to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people, even that's just too much money to spread around. And that's, that means that the only way to do that is to cut the number of players involved in the pro system down to a much lower number, which is what happened with the MPL. And then um, we saw like them saying, okay, we have this MPL system, but there's not a path for people to get into the system. And I think that, Um, Now, like the reaction to that is what is pushing us to this newer version of the MPL, where such a high number of MPL players are going to be falling out of the MPL from year to year. That was, I think, a reaction to people saying, well, there's not enough ways for others to get into the MPL. So while it looks like a lot of these decisions are just super random, I, I feel like they're actually all a product of them taking in criticisms of their system and making changes based on that now i think they've made a lot of mistakes in the changes that that they've made and it's like a lot of it's like okay we want this thing and then they're like okay here's thing that's kind of similar to what you're asking for and then we're like that's not actually what we were asking for Mm -hmm. um a lot of times that i feel like how it breaks down but i do think that it's most of their decisions are actually reactionary towards what people are actually asking for. Yeah, I mean, I actually completely agree with you. I, I think that a lot of it is reactionary to what we said. Like, I mean, there was a there was a time where um, Barcelona flights, I believe, were were through the roof, and there was a lot of people saying like people can't afford this. Yeah, and and then the next season was like regional players tours. That's why you didn't make it to that pro tour. I knew yeah, it. it was just, it was just too it. expensive. Too expensive. Yeah, um, but but that 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 is one. You know, then then this next season, now it got shut shut down because of COVID, um, and we played our second regional players tours. You know, not re, you know regionalized, um, but uh, but that was you know the reaction to that. Now, uh, but the the issue, the complaint I have, the big one that I have is. 
while I do want them to be listening, the, the problem, and it feels like the thing that breaks down is like they're building systems on bad code. Like they're building it on old code and it's very buggy. You know, like they're, they're, they're attaching these changes um, to an already set up system and it's, it's not built top down. It's just patched and patched and patched Yeah. Uh, and until something looks fine and then it's probably already really late. So they got to run it out the door and um, they get it through all the systems and stuff like that. And who needs to see it? And so it always, it's always buggy, right? Like, and we're going to talk about some of those bugs in the future, but like the system that they put out, like I, I, you know, I'll say I'm not that happy because I understand that I'm biased because I'm in the MPL. I don't want to be just pushed out of it because of this churn. But also, there's just issues that need to be addressed before we start playing competitive magic. But so, um, I completely agree with you, Brian. And that is something that that should be said with responsibility. Wizards does listen to this, e- even if they aren't, um, even if they aren't saying they are. But they're kind of like a. Uh, like a, a an AI black box. We have no idea what's actually going on until it comes out. Yeah, and I and I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of things get misinterpreted too. Where like it's very it's clear to me that Wizards is listening to what people are saying and they're acting off of it, but the end result is not what people were trying to lead them towards. It's like it's like. They took one input and they came to a wildly divergent output off of that input from what people were thinking that input meant. You know, if that makes sense, like um, it's like, OK, here's a complaint and it's like, all right, let's fix this complaint with something that's like way different than when people thought the fix should be. So, <laughs> yeah. So so moving on, though, um from this uh, 12, this this means that in this system, because uh, in each of the set championships, the first one will be the Zendikar rising, Zendikar falling, uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> it's rising or falling. Uh, one yeah, of the two. Yeah. Zendikar bread rising championship. <laughs> of course, um, yes. Well, you got to uh, get that bread now, Brad. You got to get it. Yeah, that'll be the first <laughs> the first where the uh, the first the top four challengers will qualify for the Rivals Gauntlet and the dead last in the Rivals Gauntlet gets into Rivals. Um, so that effectively makes them a Rivals for the following season. And there's three of these tournaments, so 12 players uh, will be getting into uh, the system, min or max. Yeah, what do you guys feel about that? Uh, that number feels a little low to me as a challenger of somebody, you know, I mean, I'm not positive that I'm for sure trying to get into the system this year with, you know, just... Uh, personal things if I want to stay on the SCG tour, whatever, whatever, what have you. But do you think that is too small of a number of the amount of people that should get in just so it's a realistic thing for players? Or do you guys think that number is like fair or what do you think? Uh, um, Go for it, Brad, if you want to. I, I was just going to say something quick. Um, I think that that number is a little too low. And the weird yep. thing about the system built in right now, based on the, the way that they've designed the churn is that, at maximum, eight rivals, eight MPL members will stay in the MPL, and mm-hmm. um, at maximum, twenty five percent of the rivals will fall out. Max min, twenty five percent of rivals will leave the the OP structure, and seventy five percent will either stay rivals or move up to the MPL, and only a maximum of. 
of 33% of the MPL will stay in the MPL. It's more, it looks more like 20% if you look, if you, if you dig deeper into the system. So it kind of feels like the cushion, instead of the cushion being in the MPL like it was previously, mm-hmm. where it felt like there was just a high cushion for the MPL, it feels like that cushion has been changed to rivals and uh, and has made the MPL more aggressive. But I still don't think the benefits for the challengers are there because like like tw- 12 is just such a low number, in my opinion. Yeah, it feels like it should be 24 where rivals is 48. Just half the people you lose half from the season that don't perform, you know, 24 new blood well, comes well, in each say, year. Let's say yeah. that it should be more. It's really tough. I don't want to play. I, I I mean, we're already playing like what's it called? Uh, passenger seat quarterback or Monday quarterback <laughs> Arm, armchair quarterback, Ar- arm, armchair quarterback. We're already playing passenger armchair quarterback. seat quarterback. <laughs> well, passenger, yeah, passenger <laughs> driver, whatever. Brady throws deep from the pass. Passenger seat. Let's go. You. I'm playing. I'm playing backseat middle uh, quarterback. <laughs> Some say the worst seat in the car. Um, so I, I have a point about this. Where I, I like. I think that 12 is too low as well. Just that's my feel on it. But mm-hmm. I don't think that it is balanceable uh, because it, it's really hard to find the line on it because. I just have like a point to make about it is I actually think that 24 MPL players and 48 rival players is just too low of a number of total players in the system for the nature of the game of magic. Um, if we were talking something like chess here where the better player wins almost always, well, you know, most games are draws, but outside of that, like the better player wins almost always, uh, then something like having a huge churnout for the MPL is more reasonable because those top four players who are going to stick around are just going to probably be the same players year in and year out until uh, they, they get like, you know, too old and slow to compete anymore. Somebody else takes their spot. But, you know, it's just always going to be the best players who are there. Magic isn't like that. And 72 total players in the system is just a pretty low number for the way that magic is as a game. And I, I I just don't think that there is a way to balance the system uh, for magic just with that number of people. So like we can argue, Oh, it should be 12 players. Oh, it should be 24 players. And who knows what the right answer is there. But I just think that all things told, like it's always there's just going to be such a high emphasis on variance over small sample sizes when it comes to a, a game like magic and that small of a players number of players being in the entire system as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And just the fact that, you know, results are based on tournament spikes now instead of pro points. I mean, that that was always the thing that would just keep people in the system a lot longer. I mean, I was definitely one of them who uh, benefited off it. Just always scraping by on gold, being able to play, but you know, not making enough to make it a living. And that so, was, you know, that was, was a system where thousands, take, thousands of people were in the system. And when you yeah. brought in a system to that many amount of players, the cream of the crop is going to keep staying in because now it's not just like okay, I have to finish top four out of twenty four players, and they're all really good. Mm-hmm. And I could be the best player in the world and I am less than 50% likely to be in the top four. 
Just, yeah, you have a bad metagame call, you know, you get some bad luck, some bad draws, and boom, you're out. It doesn't matter if you're Paulo or whatever. Yeah, you could be like the best player, magic player of all time, and you're probably sub 50% to be in the, that top four that sticks mm-hmm. around um, over the course of just one season. But when it's a thousand players and you only have and to you're be playing the, against the public, yeah, and you're playing against the public and you only have to be top 200 or whatever it is, those players are just going to be there every single year. It's and also, that, like, even. Oh, sorry. I was going to say one last point. Like even like Paulo, you know, just uh, his odds of just making platinum each year in the old system was it had to have been over 50 percent if he was still trying. You would think. Right. Right, guys. Uh, I think it was higher than that. That's I what mean. I would assume. It'd probably be like 75 percent. You know, I mean, you can have one bad tournament and still be fine to make platinum over the course of a year. But, you know, you with this system, you can have a bad tournament and all of a sudden. And even if you, it's you are out, yeah. even if it's not 75 percent, his chance to be gold, which is the benchmark for, for the professional, yeah. was probably like 90 percent. 90. 90 yeah, exactly. So like even if his platinum percentage was only 50 percent or 40% or whatever, his gold percentage was probably like 90%. So he's going to stick around, you know, like Paulo did go drop to silver that one year. Like, you know, that's just going to happen. You're going to have that bad year of variance. Um, yeah. But then he bounced back and it's like, that's just the nature of that system. But there's also cons to that system too. And when that system, like when we were in, a lot of people have nostalgia for that old pro system. And you see on time, like, you know, bring back that pro system. It was such a great system when we were in that system, people did not think it was a great system. People complained all the time. Every time you go to a pro tour, you were just listening to people complain about how horrible the system was and how people were getting screwed and like all this other stuff, constantly all the collusion aspects of it that were mm-hmm. rampant and all that other stuff. Like that system had its own flaws too. We're looking back with hindsight, thinking it's an amazing system um, and ignoring all the problems that we, that it had just because, you know, we're like, we're not looking at the big picture. We're just in the present or whatever. So yeah, 100% with the old system, the, the way with just, I did personally like gold three years in a row, knocking on platinum's door just by tournaments. There is zero chance. I could consider that a job. Not, not a, not a single chance with sponsorships, writing deals, all that stuff. You can make up for it, but I was not a professional at that time, even though my quote may have been, or my badge may have said, I am, you know? And that, and that's the give and take of it. Like when you have a thousand player system, nobody gets paid enough money to make a career out of it. When you have a yep. 72 player system, everyone involved is getting enough money to, to make a, to make a career out of it. But there's less job security in it because it's a smaller number of people and it's harder for other people who aren't are on the outside to get in. So there's it's more pros. frustration. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's just pros and cons to it both ways. And um, I mean, it's just the people who are on the outside prefer the old system because they weren't on the outside there. And the people who are on the inside uh, probably have, I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for them, but there's probably a preference for the current system you know, or maybe in a different form because they're on the inside and that they're benefiting from it. So, I don't know, like, so there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's one major thing that, that you guys aren't bringing up that I think is very important to talk about here about this because okay. that it's the marketing because the, the, like the pro system in magic is marketing. It's not only trying to get people to watch magic, to get interested in competing in it, but also get the players interested in competing in it. And um, I actually think that the old system was was pretty marketable. Now, tabletop magic isn't marketable. Um, 
you know, and and stuff like that. But the players were. And it was marketable for player retention at, at the very least. Yes, right? it, yeah. it was marketable for player retention to keep them in the system grinding. And it was marketable for the pros. Like it was easy to create stars. Now, um, because if you did well for a few years, you could watch someone grow. You can keep up with them through like, oh, once you get to another pro tour, it's like that person did really well in these last few Grand Prix and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, the thing that that. You know, and that and that worked years after years. I literally built my career doing that on the Grand Prix. I blew up on the pro circuit, but then died. I blew up on the Grand Prix and then got back to the pro circuit. Right. Like they cared about me for three years and then they stopped caring about me on the pro tour. But then they started caring about me on the Grand Prix circuit and then they started caring about me on the pro tour circuit again. And so that's it's possible to do that ebb and flow. Now, the the weird thing, though, is um, I think MPL and Rivals you know, maybe it'll change, but like the MPL is the pros and the rivals is the amateur strivers to get to pros. Um, and just like the monetary, the, the, the status, things like that. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to, to think about that, but like you can't rivals is not a job. MPL was. And, and, uh, and where I'm getting at that is, it feels that the churn that forces is it's just going to have really wonky storylines. I feel like if this goes in perpetuity, uh, that like we just flip and throw Apollo into rivals and other people shoot up and then they have to create these storylines and then they just mix them up again and they're not competing against each other. And so it's like, it's just weird. I, I don't know how to explain exactly what I'm trying to say, but it just feels like, Keeping up with constant storylines and evolving them in a really good way, it, it's probably really good to bring to, to do, get those rising star storylines. But the 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 retention of of the building, the power star names feels like the system is just going to make things very awkward, in my opinion. Does anyone else agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it feels a little weird in the sense where when people fall from MPL down to rivals, it's not going to be like, ah, you know, they had a bad year or something like that. There's not going to be a good storyline there, but there is going to be some cool storylines where it's like a challenger got in with this spiked a tournament, then spiked. You know, I mean, the, yeah, the, the rising Leverado, star, the Leverado effect, basically. Yeah. The you rising know, just, star. Like, yeah, like, like those will still be good and those are still going to be there but the falling stars or like the the medium finishes and stuff there's not really storylines there so it's going to be really heavily leaned into just these people that just went bang 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 spike 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 you know so yeah and one of the like i i think that the they like there's a balancing act here uh like you want to balance how many people are falling in and out of your your leagues and you want to balance how many new people are coming in and it, it feels like they um, both overbalanced it and provided weird ways to do the churning of players in and out. So, um, you know, there's 24 players in the MPL. There's four players who are going to stay. The top four players in the MPL are going to stay in no matter what. And then uh, the, the, MP, the MPL gauntlet is going to be a 16-player tournament where the top four of that tournament – Rivals or MPL, because it's going to be a tournament involving rivals and MPL both, uh, will get back into the MPL again. So what that means is that there's going to be a minimum of four MPL players who stay in the MPL and a maximum of eight MPL players who stay in the MPL. So at best, 66% of the MPL falls out. 
And, and that's just if four MPL players are the top four finishing in that gauntlet, correct? Which is yes. unlikely, yes. Yeah, so, Which is unlikely, yeah. So, okay, I was just making sure. Yeah, that's so the 50, most... That's 50% of the MPL members finishing in the top 16% of the tournament. Yeah, which is just likely to not to happen. So the most likely result is that five or six MPL members stay in the MPL, and mm-hmm. then the other 19... You know, 18 or 19 slots of the MPL are filled with new people. And, and to me, that seems... It's just uh, too much. Yeah, that seems like way too much. Like you're you're not you don't have a like the the concept of a league like, you know, like having a league from year to year to year. Like you look at other sports is there's going to be superstars in that league and those people are going to be around for a long time and they're going to be dominant. And it's the question is, can people beat them? You know, like, are there going to be these new up and comers who can become the, the, the next superstars of the sport? Mm-hmm. And if you're just dropping people out every year, uh, con- like over and over again, over again, it's like you, you look at a player like, uh, you know, like a LeBron James or, you know, maybe he's a bad example, but somebody who's a really good basketball player, but maybe not number one, uh, you know, like maybe like a Kawhi or something uh, who's mm-hmm. and he's even, you know, top five player in the NBA. He, there's going to be a season where he's sixth in scoring or 10th in scoring or something. And if you were to say like, Oh, you're 10th in scoring this year, you're mm. in the D league next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Well, no, you're not going to do that. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. That just feels like way too much <laughs> to build storylines. Like the only storylines you're going to have there is if just, you know, Paulo or Marcio or whatever, it's stay in MPL for two or three years in a row at that top four. But even that is just so unlikely. Like that's the only well, storylines you I can guess, lean into. I think it's so, likely that like maybe one person will do that because just the, the nature of the odds of it, but exactly. But that's the one storyline then that you have. But from that's, that, not, I that's, yeah. that's, that's not exactly it either. I'm also saying like the storylines, of rivals will be less impactful uh, as MPL. I just think mm-hmm. that that's the case of it. Like this is this is a system, and there's a hierarchy. And it's not that I'm saying that like because I'm in the MPL, it's the highest. Whatever. I'm just saying that like everyone wants to be in the MPL over the rivals, right? That's the the dream. Yeah, I mean, and that's so all, it's the same as so, platinum and gold. Yeah, that's exa- just what you want. Exactly. Yeah. So people are going to focus and care more about the MPL league and what's happening in that. And so, um, and also the the rivals, if they don't, now we don't, we haven't seen contracts. We haven't seen, they said there's going to be prizes for the leagues. We don't know any of that stuff. But if there's not that much equity and, and as things have trended, it, it probably won't be in uh, the the rivals uh, situation. We will see like this aggressive churn and players that like will probably free roll it, but like lose motivation. And honestly, it might not be the worst thing that the old guard gets pushed into boredom or pushed out of the system for lack of wanting to grind. Like we're all getting a little older. We've been here for a long time. Like I love competing. But, um, you know, if you if you reset me and said I had to go to 15 Grand Prix and four pro tours like I did in 2012, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> I just wouldn't. I mean, I've, I lived that life already. Right. And yeah, yeah. and uh, and so, like, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing, especially if, like, they want to hire some of us like I've shown and I've said I have interest in working the Wizards. I think the easiest way for them to get me to to go there would be to just take your shake, MPL, shake, 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 shake me out of the MPL and throw me <laughs> in rivals. And then I'm like, OK, well, I need to I need to monetize here. And 
And uh, that, and I would be happy with that, you know, in this given that's my situation. So, but what I'm just saying is like the the storylines putting Paulo like like for example, we we did some math in the pre-show. Uh, hashtag you could listen to that if you uh, are a Patreon subscriber. Hashtag that's show. a long hashtag, Brad. I yeah. don't think that hashtag would uh, <laughs> would be very visually appealing. So, yeah, one of the next things we're going to get into, and I don't want to get too convoluted, but I'll just say it is like one of the problems with the gauntlets is if you're in the MPL and you finish fifth uh, in league play and fifth in the gauntlet, you could be out when a rivals member that finished 31st in the gauntlet. And what did we say? 16th was the max mathematically max so- in their gauntlet. You could be you could be the fifth best MPL player at the end of the season, and and then you're you have to play in the gauntlet to see if you stay in the MPL, and you could finish yep. in fifth place in that gauntlet of twenty four player. That's another twenty four player tournament. So you finished fifth in two different twenty four player uh, tournaments, and you are out of the MPL. And then somebody who takes your spot could be the thirty second best rival who gets to then play in a tournament. Uh, or sorry, it wouldn't be the 32nd best rival. It would be the 20th, 20th best, rival. best rival. Yes. You could be the yeah. 20th best rival and then you play in a tournament and you could finish 16th place in that tournament and you took that person's spot in the MPL. And so <laughs> the, the, the problem Wait, no, that no, I'm no. seeing... We, we got that wrong. It's only 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You, you have to finish 12th. You can finish 12th. Excuse me. No, you, you could finish 16th, right? No, because the there's only the, eight MPL. There's only eight MPL. But the top four would be rivals, and then it would fo- be following by eight MPL players and then four rivals again. Oh, yeah, so, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so you could be 16th. But the the point I'm getting to is that the, the MPL – so they have this organized play system now where it's MPL rivals, challengers, and the MPL is supposed to represent the top of the top, and it's supposed to be the thing that you aspire to – and it's supposed to be the best players in the world. And a good system is one where there's the best players in the world who are in this league. And then there's people who are trying to take their place and trying to, like, for lack of a better word, challenge their spot in, in the MPL. Um, and you want to see new people breaking their way into the MPL and, uh, you know, knocking out the MPL players who aren't performing as well and saying like, Hey, there's some new blood here and these are the new best players in the world. And that's the kind of stuff you want to see. You want to see that healthy competition and you want to see the best players in the world at the top. And I don't think that this system does that because you've got a rival system and an MPL system. And over the course of the season, the MPL only play other MPL members and then rivals players are only playing other rivals players and then at the very end, you have a couple of you have two different tournaments where rivals and MPL players mix for the first time in the entire year. And um, rivals players actually have better. Uh, there's actually more. They have better equity in those tournaments because there's going to be eight rivals players versus four MPL players that make it into the MPL. So it's uh, and so you're going to have way more rivals moving up into the MPL and way more MPL players dropping down without having played each other at all over the season and without any real indicator that you're actually taking the 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 better players and the better performing players and putting them into the MPL. It's 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 kind of just churn for the sake of churn, not really for the sake of trying to put the better players into the top league. Um, and it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because 
somebody who gets fifth place in the MPL is probably uh, that's probably that's a better performance in my eyes than somebody who gets 20th place in the lower league. But that is not a higher chance of getting into the MPL the following year. It's actually you actually have a lower chance of making it back into the MPL by finishing fifth than if you finish 20th in rivals. And so that to me, that doesn't make any sense. And I think if you want to find out which rivals should be in the MPL, you got to pit them against each other. And um, and if the MPL players are kicking the crap out of the rivals players, then they should just stay in the MPL. You know, like that's my take on it. I mean, oh, for sure. And, and if those rivals players are are doing well in these tournaments against MPL players, then they should be bumped up. And now I don't think it should be like an 100 or zero thing. Like I don't want the following year's MPL to be the same 24 MPL players. And I don't want, you know, like I, I do want there has to be some amount of churn that happens no matter what um, you have yeah. to allow people a chance to move up. And some and when you do that, you're always going to introduce the idea that some better players are being replaced by not as good players. And I I do think that it has to happen uh, to some extent because, you know, a lot of a lot of our organized play systems are set up in a way that they do. You know, there's kind of this like legacy there's kind of this like old money feel to it, you know, where if you've been around for a long time, you have better opportunities to stay around. Um, You have better testing teams. You're more experienced with it. It's harder to break into it than it is to stay in it. So So I do think you have to, okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I want you to finish that thought. So like, I I do think you have to make there to be some amount of churn that is always going to be forced. But I think that, it can't be so egregious as it is now where the number 20th player in the lower league is replacing the number five player in the upper league. I want something where it's the number five player in the lower league replacing the 19th player in the upper league. Like to me, that's a more sensible system. So, 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 and I I just want to say this to clarify, because one of the things that's really difficult to uh, express correctly, and I I want this to be my sound bit about this is that it's very difficult to, argue from the place of MPL and say that you're taking the 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 churn of us is too high it yeah. sounds biased but so here's here's the best way that I can explain where I'm at I while I want the churn to be high I also and I think that I should be able to want this tournaments that feel fun and fair and and so I don't think I would much rather play in a tournament only against MPL and losers are out of the tournament than play in a tournament where if I finish fifth and somebody that finishes seventh gets in over me, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And and yeah. and, you know, that's just a feel bad that I don't even deserve. And then the other thing is I wanted more league play last year. Like I was like actually like adamant about it. And now um, getting into league play, rivals will play against themselves in 84 matches over the course of the year. And same with MPL. We'll play Swiss against each other. 84 matches in, in, in total. And I don't want to play 80. I, I would love to play a lot of league play if it was half and half. But like in this current system, like. I am going to have so much performance anxiety having to be in the top 16 percentile of the MPL at the end of 84 matches. And then also it's such a long amount for very like weird places where where you get value that by the time I get to five or six, if I've been losing a lot and I'm in like 20, 
first place and I and I could theoretically be mathematically locked into just going to rivals period without going to my gauntlet. Yeah, it's like why play then? Well, yeah, they might throw some carrot on the stick, but it might not be worth it that much. But what I'm saying is that like I'm either my choice is honestly when I play in these and this is me and maybe it's a problem with me, but I don't think it is, is I will either have performance anxiety or I won't give a shit. And I don't want my MPL season uh, as a pro magic player who loves to play magic, who has been grinding away at SCG tournaments on MTG Melee for the last three weeks or two weeks um, just to just to get some competition in. I don't want to play in three championship or sets uh, championships where the only value I'm probably going to get out of it is some money um, equivalent to like a Grand Prix win at the top. Uh, and maybe tiebreakers for my league play because that isn't in there, but there is no tiebreakers in the system yet, and they will have to add them, so it'll probably come from those tournaments. And yeah. then I'll Tip- and then I'll play Tipping. then I'll play eighty four matches against my peers, which I like playing matches against my peers, but I don't like playing it for like the highest risk, like lowest percentage chance of staying where I'm at. It's just it's not going to be fun magic. To be fair, though, I mean, just looking at the prize payout, I mean, I have no idea what the the true payout is going to be, but with a quarter of a mil in prizes, that's what old Pro Tours used to be, and that was 50K up top. So, I mean, I I think, well, yeah, you're still only playing for money. It's not going to be a $10,000 first place prize. I think this is going to be a lot closer to old Pro Tour payouts because that's the exact number. Did I get it wrong? How much were these players regional player stores top prize? Or prize uh, pool. I have no idea, but 250,000 is for sure what the Pro Tours used to be like before they injected that $500 yeah, to last place for everybody. I'm pretty you know? sh- Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that that's why the prizes are flatter online because everyone gets a piece of it. Yeah, and that that could be. They might have spaced it out or they might space it out, but I, I swear the PT regional one that we just played uh was a lower prize pool but i i, I could be wrong on that it so could, it could be oh yeah it was yeah. it was one hundred fifty thousand. so yeah. i actually kind of disagree with with you on that brad um yeah let me hear it i i roast was on bbd i'm not gonna roast him but um <laughs> I, I was a strong proponent of league play as well in fact repeatedly I kept arguing with them about my real dislike of the 2020 system, the one that we're currently like sort of still in uh, because it didn't involve, like you were deciding the fate of MPL players um, of who stays and goes without actually having tournaments where MPL players play against each other. And it unless you randomly get paired in a pro tour or something. Exactly. Like, that. like you yeah. can randomly get paired in some event, but you're not directly competing against each other. And I felt like that went against the nature of what a league is. It's a magic pro mm-hmm. league. And I think if you're going to have a league, the best way to determine how people finish within the league is to have them compete against each other, not compete against random people and who does the best against random people finishes the highest. I don't think that's a particularly good system. So I actually um, like that they have gone into league play. I I think that is the right direction to go uh, for determining this stuff, but I don't like the way that they've uh, gone about it in that um, for one, I don't think that they're building a compelling story in terms of this league play. Like, it's it's a year it's seven seven weekends in a year or whatever for league play and 
uh, that's just way too small amount of time for there to be any kind of of storylines going from it. And, you know, they're just Swiss Swiss weekend events like I, I don't know. I don't I, I'm not a huge fan of how they've structured the league itself, but I don't. I, I disagree on the on the idea. Like, I think that league play is the way it should go. And I think there should be pressure. I think you should feel pressure. Like, we're, you know, we're pro players. Like, we should feel pressure when we sit down to play a match that we have to perform or we're going to drop out of the league. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's something that, like, that's the way a high-stakes professional league should operate. There should be a lot of pressure, pressure around matches that you're playing. Um, that's, that's kind of what, that's what makes it challenging. What's what makes it fun. If there is, if there's no pressure, then you're not really playing for anything. And that's um, what, Oh, sorry. So, so, so I'm, I, 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 uh, go for it. I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. I want to make one, uh, point as well is, you know, if you guys remember the weekly, you know, the league play that you guys played before they did broadcasts that weren't really that popular. But the one thing I really did love from them is towards the end of the season, uh, when you were looking at like that line, right. That line of like top 12 stay in the MPL or whatever the, the number was like watching the storylines of the people that were close uh, to staying in and not going in those storylines were good. So I, I feel like if it was like a, a top 12 stay in MPL where a lot more people are playing for meaningful matches as far as staying in or staying out, I think it would be a lot more fun to watch and a lot more fun to keep track of stories. But with it just being top four, it's just like, okay, you pay attention to the top six that are dominating and everybody else. You're just like, well, they're, they're pretty much out. So I don't really care about that. So, so yeah, I, I let me, let me uh, clarify uh, exactly what I'm saying. Cause, cause I lost you a little bit, Brian, cause I do agree with you that there should be that level. It's the combination. Um, and I agree with you as well, Corey, um, that, that, that pressure is really exciting, especially at the end. What I'm saying is the set championships have no carrot on the stick for us. Like even right now, we're prepa- I'm preparing for the uh, player tour final, even though it's just a cash tournament for for me because, but um, you know, it, it, there's no mythic points on it. There's no there's none of that. But because top sixteen get to the grand finals, I care about it. I mean, I already care about it some, but it adds an exciting level to me. I can get something, you know, I can get something really cool out of this. Yeah. And 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 the money is great. I like winning money, but I didn't take second place in two mythic championships and then turn around and be like, fuck, yeah, I made money. I said, oh, my, you know, I was I was I was destroyed for a little bit because I lost, you know, because I didn't win the trophy. I didn't win the world's invite, you know, like those things carry a lot of weight. I mean, you don't, you don't get as far as we've got in the game of magic. If all you care about is prize because. You have to go. You have to like we've we you know we've been doing this for so long and we've slogged through like you know all these different grinds like driving eight hours to a PTQ, getting second place, getting a box. You know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> it, you know, we've being all, at a PT testing house for two weeks. Everyone loves that, right? Yeah, we we've been through all that stuff, <laughs> and you don't go like if if all you care about is the prize payout and it's the money is the only thing that that matters to you. Like you're in the I, wrong game. <laughs> I would have just been sitting in an office job this entire time, and I would have made way more money. Like. Uh, <laughs> It, you know, it, it, for us, it, like, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but for us, it's it's we love the game and the competition and the challenge and we love the achievement of it. Like you have yeah. to have something that you yeah, it's a carrot on a stick. Like you've been saying, Brad, it's like you got to have something that you're working towards and and you have to have something that is achievable. 
uh, or that you can you can try to to aim for. And that's what makes it fun. It's like, oh, I'm working hard. I'm getting better and I'm setting new and new goals for myself as I go. And Mm -hmm. if there's nothing to play for, there's no goals to set. So, yeah, that feeling of winning a tournament, you know, there's nothing like just that pride, that that feeling like your your testing paid off. Like it's never the the money is the first thing I think like, oh, hell yeah. You know, won a gram for you. It's ten thousand dollars. It's always that that feeling, that rush that has always been a big motivator for me. I hate to speed you up here, Corey, but I just got to let you guys know that, um, I only have the hard drive space for another 63 hours and four minutes. So we, we only got, we only got 63 hours left in this cast. If we could. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we well, first, since we, since we're running low on times, let's talk about every nut and bolt about this announcement, starting from the beginning. So just to hammer home my thought, yes, I should, yeah. I should be caring about, I, I should have that pressure on that. It, it just, the 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 feeling that I have to finish in the top sixteen percent of uh, the MPL, or if I don't, if I'm in the next eight players, I go to a tournament where uh, I you know only one point five of the eight of us statistically. Um, you know, stay in there. So I don't know the percentage mm-hmm. chance that yeah. I have in that, in that system. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it feels like a system where, I mean, I am fighting for the 20 percentile and, and that's the number. There are 24 yeah. members in the MPL and I have to, I, I, I have to, I have a, I have a one in five shot of staying in it. That's, that's kind of how this works right now. And, yeah. um, and so, I mean, I will fight for that, but, but one in five is a very low number. And yeah. For, for, yeah. for 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 playing an entire year of league play. I think mm-hmm. I understand. Like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to try to explain how I'm interpreting what you're saying. Your anxiety is not coming from uh, the competition element of it. It's coming from the variance element of it and how now magic magic is kind of being reduced to spikes. Um, it's kind of the same way that the 12 challengers who get into to the system are the four people who have spiked three tournaments um, you're, you're kind of being reduced to having to spike and the, and there's, and because magic is a game with such high variance, there's a lot of anxiety about having to spike exactly one tournament where there, whereas there's less anxiety about being able to have a consistent season. And because it's only the top four players um, in over the course of a year, a consistent season isn't good enough. You have to spike. And if you don't spike, you get put into a gauntlet where again, you have to spike. And so I think, you know, there there's, there's some serious issues with having an end of year tournament deciding people's fates. And, and I have have a lot of issues with, uh, with the gauntlet thing. Number one being just that, like having, people's fates being determined by just one tournament at the end of the year is way too much pressure on that tournament. And it's yep. way too much very, it's, it puts way too much variance in the game. One bad day, you're out one yep. missed choice on a deck. You're out one, just getting unlucky. You're gone. One um, one Cox yeah. communications issue. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We yeah. had another we had another variable with it being online. But honestly, we've had those tournaments in the past, right? Like the final pro tour, you know, where, where people are fighting for gold, people are fighting for platinum. Way There's different. A, yeah, I, that's I, way I, different because you had the entire 
previous season to have accumulated those yeah, points. Yeah, I know. I was trying to still make a point, but yeah, okay. I'm saying I'm saying that last tournament you have everything on the line, but at the end of that tournament, let's say you missed by a little bit, you get to look back and think like, okay, I did skip this Grand Prix for this trip. I did, I did, you know, uh, not put so much work into the first half. I could have controlled it a little bit more. But if you eliminate that hindsight uh, mentality that you get to like look back and be like, hey, I could have did something different. If you just have to think like, nope, nothing I could have done. This was just my only shot and I missed. Then there's a lot of feel bads and there's a lot of pressure on every single event. Maybe not even as much anxiety, but just well, pressure. It's, it's, Everything's it's, pressure. It's that. It, it's also just the, the combination that... Uh, it's just a combination of these tournaments that don't have a carrot on the stick and this long drawn out process of seven different weekends where I play these league mm-hmm. matches where I don't know what additional prizes are on them. Maybe they're awesome. I just, I, yeah. I don't, I don't assume they are. I'm assuming that if I go six Oh six Oh, I'll make a thousand dollars. That's my guess. Something um, like that sounds yeah. to be right. Yeah. But, but- One thing I will say is these uh, gauntlet tournaments are, I am excited as hell to watch them. Like I know- You you and uh, 1,300 other people. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) not being on the inside of them, I mean, with how many, like, with every match mattering so much for everybody's next year, I mean, I know it sucks as a player, but as a spectator, it is gonna be one hell of an event or two to watch. I will say that. So I think we should talk about the gauntlets next then, because- Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of of uh, issues like let's ignore the fact that of whether or not r- like having one tournament at the end of the year is a good system. Yeah, I think there's problems just with the gauntlet setup itself. Um, and, and one of the major issues there is uh, the, the differing incentives involved and the differing values of players within a tournament. So. One of the issues that we've seen, and even in the past Pro Tour system, the Pro Point system, was that people would be entering tournaments playing for different things. And I don't think it's good to have people in the same tournament with different incentives because it creates a lot of chances for things like collusion and other stuff. So what I mean with different incentives in the gauntlet system is the MPL gauntlet, which is the gauntlet that consists of the – of fifth through 12th place in the MPL, the the eight players who didn't finish in the top four, and then 16 players from rivals, which were fifth through through a 20th of rivals. Those 24 players are going to play in this MPL gauntlet. And um, to decide who's going to, you know, either stay in the MPL if you're an MPL player or go up to the MPL if you're a rivals player. And the issue with this event is that it's, there's different incentives for rivals versus the MPL players in this tournament because the top four players of the gauntlet move up and those could be rivals or MPL. And then after those top four players, the top four, not uh, the, the following four rivals only players are also moving up. So yeah, that clause is weird right there. That's the, yeah, that clause is the problem there because as a rival, you're not incentivized to, to finish in the top four. You're incentivized to finish in the top four of rivals outside the top four. And if so, you're an MPL player, you have to finish in exactly the top four. So you might run into a situation at the end of the tournament where there's an MPL player who's in third place playing against a rivals player who's in fourth place and they're fighting for that top four slot. And the MPL player has to win to get into the MPL and the rivals player is going to be in win or loss. And that is creating a perverse incentive 
for the kind of collusionary stuff that we've seen through the pro system in the past where it's like, you know, hey, you want to scoop to me? Wink, wink. Like, like, whereas if you have a system where it's only, hey, only the top eight players make it, no matter if you're MPL or Rivals, just there if will you're be top no eight, yeah. then yeah, nobody's scooping because everyone's playing for something at the yeah. same time and they're playing for the same thing <clears> instead <throat> of people having different incentives in the same tournament. It doesn't this, make sense this, to me. This, this, Especially this. when we're online too, you know? Like when we're online, people can literally just open up their Facebook, message someone in a private sense, and they can make, I mean, when you're well, at a tournament, so, you so, can't so, say so that this, kind of stuff. Let's not, let's, not, let's not go down that road. Let's. This, this is what pisses me off with uh, the public perception of this is mm-hmm. let's actually just say everyone's playing straight up, agreeing to their contracts and playing to the best of their abilities, right? Yeah. Um, let's say there is no actual collusion, which is illegal. And I do think that for the most part, most or all MPL and rival players will do that because it's a, it's in the it's in the contract or at least it was in the previous contracts. And B, I don't think people want to risk that kind of stuff. And a lot of people just think it's the right thing to do, and they will do that for that yeah, reason. But so, but, yeah. but let's just yeah, let's just say that that is the case, right? Let's just say everyone is the best possible version of themselves, you know, and they're going to do this, right? There's two issues that I have with this. There's one, let's put it in a scenario where it's a good friend. I'm playing against you, Corey, and you, and and I'm rivals your, your MPL. How mm-hmm. am I supposed to want to win that match? It's literally me taking shit from you. Why would yeah, I, why would and I, why vice would I, versa, it'd be the same. Yeah, yeah. But why would I want to win that match? I literally would be so conflicted mentally that like, I, there's no way I'd play to the best of my abilities. Now let's say, let's say I am though. Let's say it's not you and me. Let's say it's me and anyone. And 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 it's like Joel Larson. Joel and I have been friends. We've tested together. But mm-hmm. let's, let's just say that uh, Joel is in the rival situation and I'm in the MPL situation. And Joel makes a mistake against me. And it's pretty glaring. And he did not intentionally do that. But because a system is in place that it could look bad on him for making a mistake. We all make mistakes of magic, but in this scenario, in this situation that is built by OP, they're now putting risk at Joel's career because people might think that he was colluding and now people might be on us, even though we were playing a heads up match. And yeah. and whether, whether you think, and I'm saying this to the audience, whether you think that I would collude, whether you think that uh, I wouldn't, whether you think I'm a good person or a bad person, none of this should matter because a matter, system yeah. a system should be in place where I cannot exploit or be exploited by it. That's just, well that's, said. that is a tournament structure. And, yeah. and this system has all of these holes, not only there, but also in the, in the uh, championships, I'm not playing for shit. If I play against Corey in top eight, what am I supposed to do? Corey makes it in top challengers. I get a tiebreaker or something. That's bullshit. And yeah. that's that's another uh, false incentive. We should not be in those tournaments if we don't have value in them. Or 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 yeah. you know. And then and then there's there's one other place. Oh, the other place is the 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 league play week week six. Brian's in 22nd place because he 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 keeps playing Esper Hero without Hero because they're rotated. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm sitting in fifth and we play our match because it's Swiss uh, MPL. Like, like why? Oh, you play just like any records? Like it, if so, you're 5-0, so you could play an 0-5? Think of it this way. Think of it as 14 days of six rounds of Swiss. 
That's okay. all it is. You keep resetting. Six rounds of Swiss, six rounds of Swiss, six rounds of Swiss, six rounds of Swiss. Yeah. And 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 so like I'm playing Brian. He has literally no path. He is he is eliminated from the possibility of getting either in the top four of the MPL, let alone the top twelve. You know, or t- top twelve, let alone the top four. But yeah. now now he is literally playing matches that matter for other people, and and. And that's another system. So all three tournaments, the the championships, the the league play, and the gauntlets all have mismatch incentives that create uh, a collusion mechanic that should mm. not be in tournament structure magic. Like, it is actually bad, and it's going to create a lot of drama for no reason except for just building incorrect systems. Yeah, yep. and... Yeah. Like I, I I do have one issue with what you just said, Brad. Um, very brief, but it's about S for hero. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> be playing hero because guard mage also rotates. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah you, you knew it. I can, I can never sneak one by you anymore. I've become too predictable. Um, so uh, yeah, hundred percent agree. And and I want to like. I want to add that there's there's basically two things, mismatch incentives and people continuing to play when they're mathematically eliminated. And those are both structural choices that they've chosen to make. And those both create kind of like bad games of magic or like irrelevant matches of magic, like just both from a coverage standpoint and from a player standpoint. And a lot of the stuff that's going on with the MPL and rivals and challengers and the OP systems in general, like one thing we didn't even mention yet here is like COVID has influenced a lot of this kind of stuff. And so I have some leeway towards Watsi in that regard. Like I don't want to be hypercritical of them when their hand is forced in a lot of ways, like they can't run paper tournaments and that's their main thing. So like they, they're kind of put in a rough situation there and I don't want to be super hypercritical because of that. But when it comes to situ, but when it comes to like deliberate decisions made with a system that are unrelated to that at all, Um, That could just be not there. Like that's something to be critical of. And just having mismatched incentives and like, yeah, their hand might be forced in having a system that's only online play, but their hand isn't forced in having a system where all these tournaments have mismatched incentives. They could just design a system where that's not the case and they haven't done it. So, yeah. And and they, and they, and, and, and it's because they, they, they have separated the three types of players, MPL rivals, challengers, but then they combined us in random places where our incentives are different. And like, you either have to create the advantages or disadvantages while you're separated or not combine the players. It's just, it's one or the other. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you either just, like, say, like, for the MPL gauntlet, you just have even less MPL members in that and make the churn higher, but then the the stakes are the same as as that. Or, or for example, like, bringing up one, I saw one MPL member online say that, like, they don't even know which gauntlet they'd want to be in because only one world slot is in the MPL gauntlet and there's two world slots in the Rivals gauntlet and the Rivals gauntlet might be easier than the MPL gauntlet. So the path to worlds for a Rivals might be easier. Uh, well, the path is best if you just are in the top four of the league play. But the the path might be easier to worlds if you're not in the top four of league play to be in the rivals league as opposed to the M, or the rivals gauntlet as opposed to the MPL gauntlet, and that's a weird thing to hear. 
Yeah. yeah, that was that was the one thing I was really wanting to ask is like if if you come up as a rival member, of course you didn't get the benefits of being an MPL member, therefore you made less money the last season, but if you're just starting at that point where you get to play an MPL gauntlet there, I would rather be a rivals player for sure, right? Well, yeah, no, that's one of the that's Okay, so answer, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to so, say, well, well, theoretically, yes, but you also want to be in the MPL because it's worth more equity throughout the year. Um, yeah. But what I'm what I'm trying to argue is that as a starting rivals player, the equity of being in the uh, because there's two worlds two world slots in the rivals gauntlet, um, and the rivals gauntlet is for the rivals twenty uh, first through thirty second. We'll go to that gauntlet. Uh, even if they lose that gauntlet, they are still in rivals. There's no losing, which is weird too. There's no losing out of the rivals gauntlet out as a challenger. That's weird to me, but whatever. Um, yeah. uh, but in that gauntlet, there's two worlds qualifications, whereas in the MPL, there's only one. And yeah. uh, the reason that is, is if if there's a 16 person worlds, you need to make room for Paula Vita or Dama Damarosa. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, but because of that, like if your goal is to go to worlds, um, you will have a harder time getting into the MPL, uh, maybe in the Rivals Gauntlet, because the MPL Gauntlet might just be more competitive. But, um, you know, that's just a weird thing also. It's just like another mechanism built into it that feels like an oversight to me because no one should ever question which gauntlet sh should I be in. You should always want to be placed higher. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like, so, yeah, it's Talk about what Corey said before. You, you always want to be in the MPL. Like you, you're going to get paid more money in the MPL. It's the more prestigious league. Everyone's always going to want to be in the MPL. But it is weird to me that to for the following season, you have a better chance of being in the MPL the next year if you're a rival than if you were an MPL player. A significantly better chance, actually, like quite significantly. Um, so rivals are more likely to be in the following year's MPL than MPL players, which that seems backwards. And the, there's two gauntlets and they're both the same and that doesn't make any sense to me at all there's an there's the mpl gauntlet where mpl players play against rivals and the people who don't do well in it go into the mpl and then there's the rivals gauntlet where rivals play against challengers and the people who do well in it go into the mpl it's just two different gauntlets with the same end result and like we were like you guys were saying, it's not even clear which gauntlet is the better one to be in. And like if any system should like the better you do in a season should be like you should have better chances of of ranking higher. And it's it's just so weird to me that you might be better off being the 21st best rivals player than the than the fifth best rivals player. Well, well, to be fair, the better you do in the season, if you do great in the season, you are locked at whatever uh, carrot yeah. you want to be chasing, you know, but it's just right. a very small percentage. The top four of MPL. Also, if you're winning you know, in the season, tough. you're winning in life. That's right. If you're winning in the game, you're winning in life. But we've, yeah. we've, yeah. we've learned this that. Yeah. This isn't Jumanji, boys. Or, sorry, if you're, if you're doing well in the game. Yeah, if you're, you're doing, doing well. <laughs> yeah. You're doing well in life. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it is just strange to me that both both tournaments are just the same. They're both pushing people up into rivals, whereas I, I, like what I think makes more sense as a, as a system is you got your MPL gauntlet, where it, it you know if you think of it as like 
three different blocks. MPL is the top block. Rivals is the middle block. Challengers is the bottom block. Mm -hmm. In between the top two blocks should be the MPL gauntlet. And that should be players from the MPL either remaining in the MPL or dropping down and players from Rivals either remaining in Rivals or going up. And yeah. I mean, that's what the, that's actually what that gauntlet is. It's got some weird incentives to it, but that's what it is. And then you have your middle block, which is rivals and your lower block, which is challengers. And there should be the gauntlet in between the two of them, which is people dropping from rivals down to challengers and people drop jumping from challengers up to rivals. Um, and now there, there could be some way for people to go directly from challengers to MPL, but that doesn't have to take place in a gauntlet tournament. That could just be a thing that happens. And so the way it is now is that there's, you know, in between MPL and rivals, there's the MPL gauntlet. But then there's also just a weird uh, rivals gauntlet that happens that also pushes people into the MPL. And it doesn't seem to fit in a coherent system. So it also has yeah. it also is where uh, a lot of world slots are at, too. Yeah, there's there's extra yeah. world slots for challengers. 20, there. 20, 21st through thirty second rivals have a higher chance of going to worlds than fifth through twentieth. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, it seems like if they did like the rivals gauntlet, like just top the person who wins the gauntlet goes up to MPL or something like that. Seems okay if it's just like a one of. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of slots that go into. Uh, going up top there from the Rivals Gauntlet. Also, that just seems like there's more chance of going to Worlds if you're a Rivals than you're an MPL. And correct me if I'm wrong on that. But oh, it, no. I mean, no. Actually, um, I, I did the math. I have the math here. Let me find it. So this is this is how Worlds will break down. I, I, I found the ranges. It's very easy okay. to figure out. There will be 100% a Paulo Vitor Dama Damrosa. One hundred percent. Winner of last year's worlds. Winner, yeah. win, winner of last year's worlds uh, qualify for the next. Now I don't know if that has been mentioned. I assume it is, but this system has fifteen slots, so I assume that there's Apollo. Uh, BBD, how do you feel about the winner of worlds automatically getting back into worlds? You got any? You got any bias on that one? <laughs> Dude, yeah, that, it. it seems wrong to me. I, mean, I just say yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So then there will be four to five members of the MPL. That is the range. Not yeah. just saying a random number. That is the range, four to five. There will be four to seven members of the Rivals League, and there will be four to six challengers. So at minimum, uh, all of them are at four, but there is just a statistically higher chance that there will be more Rivals and challengers than MPL members. Yeah, so there's there's 15 slots to be made up out of out, ignoring Paulo's world slot. There's 15 slots to be made up for the remainder of worlds. The most that those 15 slots could be is one third MPL, which means that there's going to be there's going to be more. There's on average going to be more rivals than MPL in the worlds and more challengers than MPL in worlds. Um and there's one tournament, which is the MPL Challenger Gauntlet, that awards world slots that the MPL don't have a chance to compete for. And then the only other world slot that MPL players have a chance to compete for, rivals also have a chance to compete for that. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense to me if, say, there were two world slots going from the MPL Rivals Gauntlet, uh, or like if there were two world slots. Let's say there was an MPL only gauntlet and two world slots were awarded from that. And then there's a rivals gauntlet and two world slots are awarded from that. That would make sense to me because they're both fighting for for world slots. But as it stands now, rivals get 
double chance of going to Worlds than MPL, and they get basically double chance of getting into next year's MPL than MPL. And that feels, I don't know, just backward to me. The, the one thing I will say about Worlds with the setup that they have, you know, playing devil's advocate a little bit here, because I agree with you, that seems very odd to have rivals have a, a higher number more than likely uh, into Worlds, is the fact that, once again, it's going to be a hell of a tournament to watch as far as storylines, you know, seeing that many challengers that get a chance at Worlds, uh, seeing them being able to move up, and the sense that Worlds wouldn't just be the same 16 players you know, if if we are going back and forth between rivals and MPL, people switching in and out with a couple changes here and there, you would see a lot of the same players. But that's not necessarily bad because it should be the world's world tournament should be the elite players. But just for watching purposes, it is going to be cool to watch storylines of challengers, you know, making a run against MPL players and rivals alike. Oh, stuff like that. I but. want challengers and worlds and I want rivals yeah. players and worlds. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just think it is it is weird that they are more likely to get to Worlds than the MPL because, yeah, you know, I think of Worlds as this culminary tournament at the end of the year that is like these are the people who dominated the season. Yeah. And <clears throat> it feels weird for MPL to be the like arguably the lowest represented people in worlds since they are that is like the upper the highest echelon of pro play so yeah what it what it really should be is Paulo, seven other mpl members and then four rivals four challenges i think that would be an so, awesome system so, where you get half of mpl and the other half is people coming up so the one weird thing for me and i don't know how these these tournaments will play out because there's worlds for the gauntlets they will probably have a top eight playoff or top four playoff or whatever um, they just have to, right? It can't finish at Swiss with 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 Worlds qualifications on the line. They'll have to be matches to play it out. Yes, um, but it does seem like so weird to me that those are there. I'm cool. I'm actually cool with saying a system saying we want to bring in the top four challengers this season. We want to bring in the top four rivals. We want to bring in the top four MPL. And then there's three other slots and they're like, let's throw them in the gauntlets. Why aren't they in the set championships? I don't get that. That there's that just, is an incredibly good point. There's just three mm-hmm. of them that they're randomly throwing into these gauntlets just randomly. And there's three set championships that don't have a carrot on the stick. It just blows my mind. <laughs> I, I feel so, like it's I feel like it's just like they they like came up with this plan and they're just like, oh, we have these six things that we forgot to include in the plan. Let's just throw all of them into the gauntlet, you know, like literally and figuratively, like just throw the gauntlet. I feel like we've had a problem with talking in these before where we get lost in the weeds, essentially. I think it's after doing this again, I think the reason why we get lost in the weeds is because the whole announcement is is set in the weeds. So we're just already in there. And it's also missing and there's like there's the information that's just there's not enough information to make it function right like where's the tiebreakers yeah. we don't know what the prizes are for everything we don't know if there's any carrots on the six we don't have our contracts which is all fine so like I want to say I'm giving cre- credit to Wizards while I am very nitpicky about this uh, OP decision because like I said I'm not all about that keep me in the MPL life I'm going to fight for it I want to keep it there but I want to play fun and fair tournaments too and I don't want to mm-hmm. ever be put into a situation where my integrity is is under examination simply because I or somebody I played against made a mistake. The system should protect me from that. That's stupid. Yeah. And and we have a community that sometimes can get very vicious. 
um, about oh, these yeah. types of situations. I want to be protected Absolutely. by that. Yeah. And and so I don't I do not respect a a, 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 a tournament series where they're going to throw me under the bus like that. I do not like that because I, I almost ran into that during league play uh, where Seth and I might have played and he couldn't beat me out of my position. But if he loses, if if so, if I beat him, uh, I I get to win my split. If I lose to him, Martin wins the split and and Seth can't get it. And that could have that scenario could have happened. It didn't. Luckily, Seth and I were actually just playing for the slot against each other. But if it did come up, I was like kind of scared in that moment. You know, I'm just like Seth is a loose cannon. He can he can he can keep a loose hand. He can make a weird. He can make very good and very bad plays. Yeah, if um, he just kept a one land hand that didn't pan out, everyone's like, "Uh huh, of course he did." You know, like. exactly, and 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 that scared me. Um, <laughs> and so situations should be built that way. Yeah, you can't analyze Seth's keeps on if he's colluding or not. Dude, That's he, for he damn kept, sure. He on the draw against <laughs> Gruel, and he knew it in the top eight of a tournament. He just kept five lands double wilderness. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. No matter what, you cannot say that Seth is uh, trying to throw a game based on his keeps. It's just keep. He just hits the keep button, but without without looking. Most no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna I'm gonna of. say the things that I think should stay. The things that I cared about that I'm happy that are in this system. Now there's a lot of Brad holes. Nelson. Yep, starting no, with Brad stop, Nelson. Stop, stop. <laughs> Is I did not like. The, the the idea that a challenger would have to have a good year to get into rivals, then have a good year to get into the MPL. I yep. truly believed that a that rivals should be able to be crowned in their first good season and get to the MPL. And I am glad Challengers, this, you mean. Challengers, sorry, challengers. I am glad that challengers have a path to be a part of the MPL. That was very, very important for me. I completely agree. I I also like that aspect of the system. I think I think challengers should have a direct path into the MPL as well. I agree. I, Agreed. The 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 uh, the the monkey's pot to that is I just do not think, and we brought this up. I do not think there is enough challengers getting into the system, and the cushion that the MPL used to have is now on the rivals. Rivals is very cushy, yeah. um, and and that is an issue for me. Rivals is propped up by saying. A higher percentage of rivals is probably is probably going to the MPL than getting knocked out. I don't know. No, I don't think that's true. Close. It's very close. I think twenty five percent of rivals will go up and twenty five will get knocked out, and that's and then fifty percent just stay where they are. I think I think that's a little too low. Well, let's uh, let's think about it realistically. Uh, so there's twelve rivals who are gone because twelve twelve drop. There's twelve challengers who move up. That means that there's twelve rivals who are leaving. So there's 12 people who are leaving, and now there's we're estimating five or six MPL players who stay in the MPL. That's only um, that that leaves like let's say let's say it was five. That leaves 19 more MPL slots, uh, of which I think four are automatically claimed by challengers, right? So that's 15 slots, and then those 15 slots are going to be between rivals and challengers. And there's a good ch- and the bulk of the that's going to be from rivals because eight are guaranteed right or 12. Yeah, there's already 12 guaranteed MPL slots from rivals, right? Oh, not 12. Uh, yeah, pretty close to it, though, right? Like, there's four. There's four guaranteed from challengers, and then challengers and rivals will fight over some additional ones. And, and then there's, there's four, four MPL. There's there's eight guaranteed rival slots in the MPL, and a pretty. And then there's eight more slots that could be rivals. It could be so, 16, right? 16 rivals could be in. 
So it's, it's between eight and 16 rivals that will be in the MPL. So on average, it'll be about 12. So yeah, right. There's about as going to be as about on average, I'd say about as many rivals moving up into the MPL as, as dropping out of the system entirely. Yeah. So. That, and, and then, so, so I don't really like that. Um, I wish that my tournaments were a little bit better, but we've all talked about that stuff. So, I mean, like as a whole, I think this is it affected me and personally negatively and my aspirations to play fun and engaging magic negatively. I will play in these tournaments. I will try my hardest because the 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 thing that has made me a pro more than anything else is I hate losing more than I like winning. And, and so I will, I will try, I will strive not to lose. And, um, and so that's great. But I, I do wish that more people could get into the system because as the season goes, there will be lots of lag. And, and that's the problem I'm having is there's a set championship multiple months after a set comes out or maybe right, right when a set comes out. And then we have to wait until the next set comes out for things to happen. So there will be just these dark times all season long where, yeah, we'll have league play once a month and we'll have mythic invitational qualifiers or set championship qualifiers or whatever you want to call them. Um, but we will just have this like, like three times a year, we'll have these tournaments covered and seven weekends, unless they, they split them up, then there could be 14 weekends of coverage between the leagues. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and so it just doesn't seem like it's engaging the audience as much. And there's just going to be dark times for the OP structure. It just feels like it exists to exist, to get us to, to, to what's it, what's it called? To get us to the ends. Yeah. A means yeah. to an ends. This, yeah. this season actually just feels like a means to an ends, um, to get us out of the COVID area. And I don't, and I mean, it kind of is that, I guess, well, but, but, but the structure, yeah. it could have been built different. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, oh yeah, go ahead and finish your point. No, that's that that's my closing argument. I'm done with the conversation for now. The, the yeah. we've already went really long, so we'll have to we'll have to speed run the uh the casting crew. Uh because yeah. we had a very long pre-show and a very long show, and you've got to get going. So Yeah, that's fair. And I just wanted to say my one last closing uh remark as well is I I, I share a lot of the uh, same things that you just said, Brad. It's just, I would love in my ideal world, 24 people coming in instead of 12 and then keeping half the MPL because then you have pros that strive for that system. Like it's a, it's an attainable thing. If half of you stay in, you know, that's a lot easier than just top 16% or whatever oh, the number oh. was. I, I, I firmly believe that this season will shake us out of the MPL into rivals and then yep. we'll have a completely new system that that is more fair to the to the MP the now MPL and I'll be in yeah. rivals. I, I I'm, I'm I've accepted my fate, brother. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And that makes that makes sense, but you gotta have at least a fifteen percent protection from MPL to be able to strive for that as a, I, I, a job. I, I, I do have but, protection. Yeah. I, I bought MPL insurance off of Brian. It, that was that was legal, right? Like that's Brian. The, you got him. Good, good. <laughs> uh, it was legal, but you didn't check the contract. Said you're not allowed to talk to anybody about it. Oh, so you've already yes. broken the contract. Uh, so now you're out of MPL. <laughs> GG. Yeah, you're in the now. You're now. I would like to sell you rivals insurance. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I believe it goes to the next person down in your family that plays Magic. So uh, uh, I don't know who that would be, but they're in the MPL now. All so. right. Do you have, oh, do you have any do you have any closing remarks, uh, Brian? 
Yeah, I, I just want to say that this feels like another temp, like kind of what you guys saying. This feels just like another temporary system until we get to the next temporary system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know COVID has influenced that. And, and I, I have some leeway in that regard. Um, but it just feels like there there's no coherent game plan for how the MPL is supposed to be. And they're just kind of changing things as they go. Um, and, and in a reactionary fashion, as I pointed out at the beginning, uh, I feel that it's very reactionary. A lot of their decision making, um, even the league stuff is something that we really pushed for. And then they they agreed to do it, which I like that. But I don't like how it's done. But, yeah, my, my mm-hmm. closing thought is I, I kind of feel the same. I feel like this is a, a going to be a way for them to kick a lot of people people out of the MPL and then they'll introduce a new system um, rewarding uh, the new people who are in the MPL. And in a lot of ways you could say it's karma because the original MPL was in a lot of ways an arbitrary selection of players. So <laughs> arbitrarily picking new players to kick them out eh, kind of feels almost uh, warranted. Oh, I'll, I'll, so. It's almost poetic. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take my beats. I just want to play good tournaments before I do so, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> I just I, I think that this is just going to I think they're setting themselves up for failure as well. And and one of the like, you know, one of the ways is is just from a coverage standpoint, like they we we're only playing we're we're playing these league tournaments. They don't strike me as a particularly exciting structure for them. And they're so sporadically spread out with so much dead time in between. that it's like, how do you develop a storyline for that? How do you get people to actually care and it, I just I don't see it. So I think they're going to get low coverage numbers on the league play. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the same thing as because I'm pretty sure that's why they got rid of league play before is because it wasn't hitting that well. And now they're doing it again and they're not fixing the reasons why it wasn't hitting. Well, it, it so. would be nice if they just always had it every month and like they picked segments of us. Right. Like half the rivals are do it this week, then half the MPL, then half the rivals, then half the MPL, then half the rivals and half the MPL. And we all play once a month, but we get a bunch of coverage out of it. I real I would have really liked that, and hope, and and maybe it, they do that. But it should yeah. be every single weekend. That I agree. Is a, it should. They should have a turn. They should have an event every single weekend that isn't uh, where they have like one of the set championships or the big tournaments. Yep. But it should be it should be rivals one week, MPL the next week, rivals one week, MPL the next week, MPL plays twice a month, rivals plays twice a month. Every single weekend, there's a tournament with storylines going on, having coverage for all of them. You know, during the week, they are following players. They're um, posting things on social media, posting highlights from the last week's events. That sounds great to me. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds great. If you want to to have a good system, (laughs) actually promote it. Like, like they're not doing anything, so it's going to be a failure again. But that's all I got to say. All right. Well, all right. That 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 uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Then, thank you. If you have any comments, concerns, or opinions about this, you can contact us at the Bachelors Podcast on Twitter. Or if you are a patron, you can uh, have a broader conversation with us in the Bachelors Podcast Discord server. Uh, And if you want to become part of the the patron uh, of our Patreon and want to support the show you can do so at patreon.com slash bachelors podcast and we yeah. also end every episode talking about one of our highest tiers but also one last thing Brad and also if you just don't pay us anything and you don't like us at Shaheen Sarani yeah. is where you want to direct all those comments yes, right. yes. if you have anything directly negative to say about any of us don't say yeah. it, 
send it to us. We won't see it. Send it to our agent, Shaheen. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, and, of course. And he delegates it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, uh, <laughs> and the last thing we do every episode is we uh, go over our cast and crew. Our cast and crew Ooh. is our top tier Patreons currently, and they are the biggest supporters of our show. So thank you so much for all of you for being there. So without further ado, let's start the cast and crew. And starting off with the shittiest job of all of our cast and crew members is Dr. Unks, and that's BBD's proctologist. BBD is really backed up sometimes, and we need to get uh, the proper flow going. Sounds impractical, and also, <laughs> I don't think that's the shittiest job. There's some worse ones down the list. So. <laughs> All right, next we got Phil. No last name, just Phil. Aspro's podcast liaison. So... A lot of you don't know, we also do the Aspros podcast. We don't also, promote it or publish it. Yeah, we don't publish it. We don't promote it. We don't actually even record it, but it is one of our things. Phil bridges that gap. Um, and the other the other thing to note here is that liaison is spelled wrong. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Uh, <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Sam Perdomi, who is BBP personal fitness trainer. Hashtag MTG fitness. Hashtag MTG fatness. Because last week he told us we didn't have a workout. <laughs> Hell yeah. I took that to heart and I've just been making pizzas at home while my fiance is back visiting family. So I'm definitely living the MTG fatness life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got Jer Majeldi, and that is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. Very important job here at the Bath Bros podcast. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, bro. You're yeah. welcome. But a shitty show. Let me tell you. <laughs> Holy crap. Couldn't <laughs> let it rest for one week. No, right. not today. <laughs> we have, uh, we also have Keith Trojanowski, who is our unpaid intern. Uh, Keith, you know, we get a lot of great opportunities as an unpaid intern for us. So, uh, yeah, you know, don't don't ever say that we don't reach out to the youth. We do. Yeah, we speaking do. of things every week, uh, Keith, our unpaid intern, uh, <laughs> is actually just, um, you know, creating a, a, what is it, a shadow box of John Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, hey, hey, I, I like I like me some John Dinosaurs and I love our intern. That's unpaid. All but, right. All right. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is if you play John Dinosaurs, you will also be an unpaid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ow, ow, I feel personally attacked there. I think you're about to be a unpaid uh, special guest. <laughs> all right. So next up, we got Michaela, who is my personal barista. I just bought some amazing coffee online. It's actually we ran out, so I found the only one day shipping I had, which was Amazon's uh, dark roast Sumatra. So we'll tr- we'll tr- we'll be trying that tomorrow, Brian. Mm, that sounds nice. Yum. I'm game for that. <laughs> Yummy. All right. Next up is EJ Ren, and this is just Corey's player. You know, I mean. He plays, we play, we're just, he's just a player. Yeah, parallel play. <laughs> yeah. We have Alex Arnoldi. Swiss play. <laughs> Alex Arnoldi. Uh, depending on whether we're on the Bash Bros podcast or the Aspros podcast determines whether he's analyzing or analyzing the data, but that is what mm. he does. Mm. Yes. All right. Next up, we all, we have Paul. Oh, you got, you went too early. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> 
Paul Keselowski, it was BBD's wall staring photographer. Now, we might need a little bit of that because we've got a secret project going on and we might need some wall staring photos. We can't tell anyone. Oh, man. Oh. And speaking of BBD always coming a little bit early here, Spoon Tongue is one person that doesn't have to deal with that because BBD's body hair comes in late, early, all the time. And Spoon Tongue is BBD's hair. What are you talking about? I don't know what he's talking about. Like, like at all. Like, I first thought it was getting really gross. Then I didn't understand it at all. Yeah, well, hey, we. It, I tried to tie a earlier joke from Alex Arnaldi into Spoon Tongue's joke as well, but I kind of got confused and convoluted, and I just kind of mixed them together. So we'll just we'll just move on to the next person there, Brian. I also want to say that when I said that Dr. Unks didn't have the worst job in the business, it was foreshadowing for Spoon Tongue's <laughs> position. So oh, any, for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I knew, we were all on the same page there. All right, David, <laughs> David Watt. Special guest screener knocks it out of the park week in, week out. Yeah, yeah we Spoon had a really has good the one worst, last week. Spoon Tongue has the worst job, but David Watt is the worst at his job. <laughs> David brought us Ryan Reynolds last week. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. That's, he guessed you, guess you Ryan Reynolds, and yeah, it didn't oh. get better than that. So, All right, next up, we've got Victor Beauchamp, who is the executive producer. Now, you might ask what an executive producer is, and I would not be able to tell you, but Victor's great. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Next up, we got Sultan Abbasi, and this is our heavy editor. Sultan's going to have to come in for that horrible joke I made while introducing Spoon Tongue and many, many other horrible things I say. (laughs) Yes. So next we have Pierre Vendelbo, whose job oh, yeah. has still not been updated. <laughs> Pierre just exists. He's just a person. Uh, we don't know what he does. In fact, I asked. I once asked him, what do you do here? And he gave me some story about his secretary. So... Whoa! Um, <laughs> that's, okay, that, that's, that's harsh. That was meant to be an office space joke, but it... Yeah. came out way differently. It turned into a sexual harassment secretary joke, BBD. That is, that is true. We'll get s- All right, Sultan, can you uh, get that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a lot to hit here, so. All right, Our well, time goal should be doing its job here, yeah, that's yeah, for sure. We need time goal to be managing us uh, quite well right now. Time goal, get on it. Yeah. Get into the Discord. Get us, get us situated. Yeah. Next up, we got Eric Nall, and Eric Nall is the overseas waste processing facility. That is not true. Eric, that is not true, Eric. Uh, Eric. Something has happened. I don't think Eric oh. can be considered a cast or a crew, but something else. So this is he's this, now an establishment. This is the story <laughs> Eric sent. So please, without further ado, Corey, tell us the story. All right, so there has been an accident, a mishandling of strange nuclear waste. In a flurry of fury chaos, the facility is left in ruins. The remaining trash has compiled into a single entity. I am now the overseas... (laughs) The the overseas sentient trash golem of Bangkok. I feel, I think, I stink. Wow, I could not even get that out. What oh, Eric is the king here. <laughs> giving giving himself multiple multiple promotions and has made it all the way to the top of Bangkok. Also, I would like to note that the Bash Bros podcast has been su- has been sued by Avengers 2 Age of Ultron for stealing its material. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Right. Next we have 
Simbuol, 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 who is the, well, he no longer has a position. (laughs) He was the executive waste processing operator. Um, No longer has a position because he's now been rolled into the overseas sentient trash golem of Bangkok. He's just part of it. Well, now he has to do what Brian had to do early in his career and fight his way out on the streets of Bangkok now <laughs> to get his position back. So, yeah, yeah, he's just he's a there are two headed giant at this point. So, so. Simba, <laughs> once you uh, once you break free of the trash column of Bangkok, please uh, let us know either on Patreon or Discord. Discard. Patreon or Discord. Not Discard. Yeah. yeah. Patreon or Discord. Uh, what job you would like to try next? Uh, next up, we got IPA. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Brian, are you going to make fun of him for saying discard for the rest of the show, or is that only when I mispronounce stuff? Well, since we're talking about trash and he's discarding things, I thought it was appropriate. Mm. Mm, okay, I'll allow it. So it's only you. Oh, really yeah. what it is, is yeah. only you, Corey. Okay, sure, sure. Right. Right. So yeah. next up, we got IPA for breakfast, who is our master bartender, and I'm going to need a drink after Ooh. this announcement and discussion of it. Yeah, damn right. IPA for breakfast has actually been feeding me some good beers to try as well. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I see those. Oh, yeah. It's been great in the Discord, that's for sure. And last up on our casting crew is Samuel Stroman, and that is our public relations expert and after this cast we definitely need some samuel in our life that's oh, we for sure will definitely need yeah sam can you no, get I'll, be, I'll be hitting up a lot of samuel samuel adams in fact <laughs> <laughs> the only way i can cope with what just happened so yeah and i'll be hitting up a lot of samuel jackson and saying what the fuck was this podcast yeah. <laughs> well anyway thank you so much everyone for listening to another episode of the bachelor's podcast we'll be back next week it'll be a fun exciting week for us for sure and then after that we will be playing in a few of us will be playing in the uh the players tour finals and Corey, uh can you announce I will be doing some commentating oh, of the Players yeah. Tour Finals. So we will uh, hopefully be covering some matches of uh, your guys's, And hopefully, unlike last time, Brad, when I had to cover a match of you losing your winning in today, too. Let's hope we uh, are, are seeing that each other at a better scenario. Sucked. <laughs> All right, anyway, thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>